Today's message was recorded live at the Middletown Seventh-day Adventist Church of Louisville, Kentucky, a safe environment where people relationships become kingdom relationships. Find us online at www.friendlychurch.com. Just so everybody kind of has an idea of what's going on this morning, we've been looking for, forward for several weeks to Ramon being here. Unfortunately, he had to go out of state just the last few days, which means, of course, to our new rules, if you've read them, that we ask you not to come and attend church if you've been with people that you don't normally come with. So we thought, not to worry, he can send a video. They've been working all morning to bring a video through, and it hasn't worked. So they're going to try some new things, and we hope it will work. But just so that you know, we have a backup in case it doesn't work. So hang in there with us and pray that everything will go well. Am I on? Testing, testing. Can you hear me? Okay, I got the signal from the AV team that you all can hear me. Let me go ahead and say happy Sabbath to everyone. I wish that I was there with you in person. <laughs> so let me go ahead and express my regrets for that. My uh, grandfather uh, took ill. He's been in the hospital for the last two weeks. And... Um, my family really believed that he was on his very last leg of life. Uh, and so they came up from Jamaica and other parts of the States and requested me to come. So I booked a flight on uh, the same day, Wednesday, and I came down and saw my grandfather on, on Thursday, uh, Thanksgiving day. And, and I'm happy to tell you good news that uh, that day, when he saw all of us, he actually got get, regained strength and his spirit was lifted in so much that he got up that day and walked. And it was just such a blessing to, to see that. Uh, so pray, prayers there from my, my family. But I'm really happy to be with you here uh, this morning. And I really appreciate all that has been said this morning already. Um, just everyone expressing how difficult this year has been, but at the same time, we, we can be grateful uh, to God for many things. Um, let me start off by saying that I want to thank God for the Middletown Church, and I want to thank you, God, for how he has led you all with uh, dealing with this um, uh, coronavirus uh, you have not suspended uh, services entirely, of course, following the necessary precautions and the necessary uh, uh, things that, that, that we need to do in order to protect the health of everyone. So I wish I could be there in person, but I do appreciate the coronavirus task force of the Middletown uh, Church and the board and the pastor for allowing me this opportunity even to speak uh, via Zoom. Um, I want to say that uh, 
in in this Thanksgiving time, we we have much to be grateful for. I want to thank God for uh, Jesus. Oh, he came to this world that was quarantined because of sin. And he came in person and he was not afraid. Even the lepers, he went and ministered unto them and touched them. And Christ came to this world that was quarantined and he did not get contaminated. But as a result of his life and death and resurrection, we have the hope of eternal life. To you this morning on the topic, Caesar and the days ahead. God sees and the days ahead. Originally, I had entitled it God Caesar and COVID-19, but I realized because of time, I won't be able to express all that uh, is on my heart. And so I'll have to do a shortened version and maybe in the future, by God's grace, be able to share um, more in depth with you. So let us start off with a word of prayer um, today as we um, dive right into the message. Spring. Our Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, um, for this day. Father, you, have, you see there, Lord, how 2020 has turned out to be uh, somewhat of a rough year for many and, 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 and a new normal. Lord, we are encountering something that uh, I dare say none of us have encountered before. And uh, even during this Thanksgiving time, Lord, we have not been able to spend time with family and, and friends as, as we would want to. But Lord, we are thankful for you. We're thankful um, for all your many blessings in our lives and, and, and for giving us glimmers of hope along the way. Even with the, the fog story this morning uh, that Paviel shared, just being able to see the sunshine of righteousness that, that, that pierces the fog and, and the darkness in our lives and gives us hope and encouragement. We're thankful, Lord, for, for, for your promises. We're thankful for the promises of the word of God. And we're thankful, God, that even a shiny and, and Christy shared, Lord, we, we're just so grateful for even being able to uh, I know I won't be, I'm not present with the family today, but even as they're able to gather together in your courts of worship. And we, Lord, want to hear a message from you this morning. We ask for enlightenment. We ask for a closer study uh, of the word of God that will lead us to a closer walk with you. And we thank you, Lord. Be with me. Forgive me, Lord, so that your spirit may not be hidden. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> All right. So let me say that it's one thing preaching to a crowd with masks and not being able to see the faces or just the eyes. And it's another thing to preach uh, from technology and Zoom. <laughs> I'm not able to see anyone or, uh, or, or hear you. So I will try my best to go through this as though I can hear and see, see you in person. This morning, like I said, we want to talk about God, Caesar, and the days ahead. God, Caesar, and the days ahead. 
I want you to turn your Bibles as me to Matthew chapter 24. So if you have your Bibles, let's turn our Bibles to Matthew chapter 24. And in Matthew chapter 24, we're going to talk about just briefly um, a familiar passage, yet we're seeing, we're going to see something, uh, something new per se, uh, not new for some, but new uh, for others from Matthew chapter 24. Now, if you know Bible students, Matthew chapter 24 is talking specifically about the signs of the end. Jesus is speaking about the signs of the end times. And in verse 3, we are told here in verse 3, And he sat upon the Mount of Olives, and the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. Be not troubled. For all us but the end. I want you to notice what Jesus goes on to say in verse 7. For nation, nation, kingdom against kingdom, will be famines, and earthquakes in verse 80 says all the beginning of sorrow we'll stop right there so that word sorrows in the Greek in verse is the same word pains and illustration of a woman in a woman in travail she is about to deliver child attractions uh, become and more intense frequent the closer it babies so it is that in the end times these events are going to be more and more intense and frequent as we near the second coming i want you to notice these three things here we jesus talks about wars and then he talks about famines actually four things famines pestilences and earthquakes Famines, pestilences, earthquakes, and wars. Beginning at 9-11, beginning at 9-11, the United States was attacked by uh, terrorists, and that launched what was called the global war on terror. Talking about wars first. Each one of these things we're going to see has, a, has had in these last days a global significance. The first one is a global war on terror. As a result of that, we were told to fear an invisible enemy. An enemy that could attack at any time and had no country, no borders. And, and that the solution was to institute what was, is called, which some of it has been repealed, uh, the Patriot Act. And in that Patriot Act, it gave the government the ability to have more surveillance, more uh, 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 monitoring of the populace for security. Now, as a result of that, willing up some of their liberties, some of their freedoms to, to, to secure their security. Now, I want you to notice what it says here, Jesus says wars. The next one is 
uh, pestilences, but I'm going to touch on the earthquakes first, because the earthquakes, uh, these are not only referring to earthquakes, but I'd like to say that, that in this earthquakes, you can see natural disasters, calamities. And as a result of that, as the 1970s, as early as the 1970s, we, the, the, the world launched what was, was called global warming and climate change. And this is actually, if you do some studies and research, the world is coming together on the change like never before. I wish I could share with you some slides. For example, the UN chief says that there is a crisis that is more of a threat to our earth than even coronavirus, and that is climate change. So the climate change was called the global climate change, global climate change. And as a result of that, we see even Pope Francis and, and other leaders proposing solutions to climate change, one of which in Ledato Si, the encyclical of the Pope, is Sunday observance, a day of rest. We won't have time to go into all of that this morning, but I just want to highlight here the global impact of these things that Jesus has spoken about. The next one is pestilence. We see here COVID-19. And here again, we see the global impact of COVID-19. COVID-19 has been labeled as a global pandemic, global pandemic. And just in the case of the global war and terror with a somewhat of an invisible enemy, also in climate change, there is an invisible enemy, CO2 and carbon, uh, carbon dioxide and carbon monoxide and all of these uh, uh, greenhouse uh, gases, so to speak, that is... Um, uh, depleting our ozone layer and causing our air and atmosphere to be uh, uh, such a state that it can uh, give rise to calamities by sea and by land. Here we have also this pestilence as a global pandemic, an enemy to be feared that is invisible, that is affecting many people today. In fact, we see the cases spiking as we have come near and nearer to the winter. And the solution, the proposed, well, the solution was a lockdown. And many countries had lockdowns. Um, lockdown and, 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 and small businesses. We see small businesses going uh, under because of this lockdown. We see it affecting even the church and, and our worship together. We see it affecting our families. And, and we know uh, and some have mentioned it today, how much we need each other. We need our families, church family. We need to gather around and get. And someone learning that this is not only, the coronavirus is not only have impact, mental impact well. But here is speaking concerning these pests. And what I want to highlight is with each one of those things, as it will, there is more government interference, more and more government interference. Now, there's nothing wrong with uh, well-meaning people for what is right for the good of society, but of prophecy. 
prophecy, we know that there where government inter will overstep its boundaries. Parents will overstep its boundaries. Now I want to take you now to Revelation chapter 13. Revelation chapter 13. And by the way, the last thing there in Matthew chapter 24, and for the sake of time, I won't be able to go into it, but the last thing that has not become a global crisis is the famine. There's famines in other places of the world, but each one of those things you can see is becoming a global crisis. But the famine, and many students of prophecy believe that the famine is next. And let me just give you a plug here. This is why I believe that we should be thinking uh, food in the upcom upcoming days. We'll have to a lot of people be who believe thing to happen is a global uh, crisis in relationship to food. Here in Revelation chapter 13. In Revelation 13, we see here two beast powers. And this is the familiar passage here, the first beast that rises up out of the sea. And then we also find the second beast that rises up out of the earth. This second beast has been identified by, by the Bible and students of prophecy as none other than the United States of America. And the first beast, based on its identifying characteristics, has been identified as none other than papacy. Now, this chapter in the Bible is very key. I want you to notice what it says in chapter 13 and verse 15. The Bible says, and he, that is to say, the second beast, were to give life unto the image of the, that the image of the beast should, and cause that as many as should not worship the image of the beast should be killed. Now, my friends, what this is telling us is that we, come to a time, and I truly believe in this generation, I believe that we who are living be alive to see this very fulfillment of prophecy. It says that there is going to come a time where government will interfere with our very worship. Now I want to notice verse 16, and it says, and he causeth all both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell, save he that hath the mark or the name of the beast of his name. We know we can see this even in today, in, to, in this crisis, in this pandemic, buying and selling was affected. And notice the global impact of this. It says he caused all. How many? All both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. This crisis is going to have a worldwide impact. A worldwide impact. And I'd like to share, I could share it on, on my an example. Worldwide impact is very, very possible, especially in light coronavirus. This is CNN on March 18 of this year wrote, the world is coming together to fight coronavirus. It can do the same for the climate crisis. 
That was the headline. Now, I want you to notice what this article says. It says, coronavirus has shown that in order to avert the worst impacts of a global crisis, world leaders need to come together to make bold change. The world has been given a trial run. Did you hear those words? A trial run in global crisis management. It shouldn't waste it. Now, this is from uh, the news media, mainstream media, CNN, and they're saying that the coronavirus has shown us that the world can come together to put in measures in relationship to climate change. Now, if you're studying and they're studying the events of prophecy as they unfold, you will know that the proposed solution for climate change is what? Sunday. That's one of the proposed solutions. Everybody needs to come together. And one of the proposed solutions is Sunday. Won't have time to get into all of that this morning because I'm going uh, somewhere else. But here we see in Revelation chapter 13. Is a global crisis. Uh, this impact. And this is, is, is becoming more and more uh, uh, given more how this is you know before coronavirus it was very difficult to see the world band together how can the world come together on issues like this like even this uh beast uh crisis with the mark of the beast and the no buy no sell issue well after coronavirus we can see how the world can band together globally and be on the same page with regards to a crisis i want you to notice here, the Bible talks about this um, uh, 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 second beast power giving power to the first beast. This, uh, this is about prophecy. Now, turn your Bibles with me. 22. Matthew 22. And we're going to look at a principle in the word of God. And how do we relate to civil government? How do, do you and I relate to civil government have you now in matthew chapter 22 and let me just say this as well before the coronavirus we know about law enforcement we have the police uh um officers we have the government we have the supreme court and we, we we know that they exist but after coronavirus we have seen my friends we have seen that the government true it's result of government which right have done the best that they they could in and this time they have proposed solutions like a lockdown and, and 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 so forth to protect the health of everyone else but there is coming time where we will have to stand at everyday adventists for the side of god even if the majority forsake us and we don't want to forget that God has told us of these things. In Matthew chapter 22, beginning at verse 15, we are going to read now Jesus explaining how do you and I relate to civil government. Beginning verse 15, the Bible says, Then went the Pharisees and took counsel how they might entangle him in his talk. And they sent out unto him their disciples with the Herodians, saying, Master, we know that thou art true, 
and teachest the way of God in truth. Neither carest thou for any man, for thou regardest not the person of men. Tell us, therefore, what thinkest thou? Is it lawful to Caesar or but Jesus, their wickedness, said, Why tempt ye ye? Show me the tribute money. And they brought unto him a penny. And he said unto them, Whose is this image and superscription? They say unto him, Caesar's. Then saith he unto them, Render therefore unto Caesar's, sorry, render therefore unto Caesar the things which are Caesar's, and unto God the things. These were marvelous went their way. Here Jesus outlined the principle with the civil. Jesus said, Render unto Caesar things that are Caesar's and the things that you see, Jesus was in the law of God, and Jesus did not disobedience to the Jesus in fact advocated to the civil government indeed as Christians we obey the laws of the as long as do not fear with our conscience our duty before God but here Jesus finds a wonderful principle render therefore unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and unto God, the things that are God. I'd like to turn, take you now to Romans chapter 13. And I believe Romans 13 is a divine commentary on Jesus' principle outlined in Matthew chapter 22. In Romans chapter 13, we find here a divine commentary. And we're going to see here how Paul speaks about this in relation to how do we uh, um, how do we interact with the civil government all right notice romans chapter 13 beginning at verse 1 the bible says let every soul be subject unto the for there is no but of god the be are ordained of god Whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. For the rulers are not a terror to works, but to the evil. Wilt thou then not afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. For he is the minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do what which is evil, be afraid. For he beareth not the sword in vain. For he is the minister of God, a revenger of, to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. Wherefore ye must needs be subject not only for wrath, but also for conscience sake. For for this cause pay ye tribute. Do you see that? Jesus says, give tribute. Render to Caesar that which is Caesar's, and unto God's the things that are God's. Here Paul says, pay tribute. Pay your taxes. Do what they say, for they are God's ministers attending continually upon this very thing. Render, therefore, to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Note, notice verse 8 and 9. Owe no man anything, 
but to love one another, for he that loveth another had fulfilled the law. Verse 9, for this thou Okay, sorry about that. Seems like we just got disconnected there. All right, so we're wrapping up. In the Savior's command, we see here that Jesus says, give to Caesar the things that are Caesar's. There is plainly here a recognition to the rightfulness of civil government. And that civil government has claims upon us which we are duty-bound by the scriptures to recognize. And that these things which duty requires us to render, the civil government must be carried out. But this scripture in Romans 13 establishes more clearly the jurisdiction and boundary of the civil government. And boundary of the civil government. The passage refers first to the civil government, the higher powers, the powers that be. Then it refers to the rulers as bearing the sword and attending upon matters of tribute. And then it commands us to render the tribute to whom tribute is due. And then it refers, Paul refers now to the sixth, the seventh, the eighth, the ninth, and the tenth commandments. And he says, if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Now, there are other commandments. Law, which law is he referring to, by the way? He is referring to the Ten Commandments. Paul says, if there are any other commandments, it is comprehended in this neighbor as yourself. You see, Paul is referring to the jurisdiction of the civil government. He does not speak about the first tables of the law. The first uh, four of the, the law, which are that specifically have to do with our relationship to God. Number one, thou shalt not have any other gods before me. Thou shalt not bow down thyself any graven images or bow down to them. Thou shalt not take the in vain. And commandment, remember the Sabbath holy. Seek all labor and do all thy work, but the seven days of Sabbath God. Paul knew full well these commandments. Why then did he say, if there be commandment, it is briefly this saying, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Again, because writing concerning the principles set forth by Jesus in Matthew 22 late to our government and is under the civil chain solely to the government and to our fellow men because the powers of the civil government pertain solely to men in their relationship to one another. Our the powers, sorry, the powers of civil government. Let me repeat that. The powers of civil government pertain solely to man's relationship to his fellow man. But the Savior's words in the same connection in that which pertains to God from that which pertains to government. Still following me this morning. Jesus says, render to Caesar the thing 
And unto God. Says, if the civil government. Begin. To legislate. Turning worship. As we see in Revelation 13. Or think. To our relationship to God. Caesar. Is outside of his jurisdiction. Our duty. Says in Acts chapter. Verse 29. Duty to obey God. Rather than man. You see. The reason I'm sharing this with you this morning. Is because. What we're seeing now. Is the accustoming of the minds. To simply go along with what the government says, irrespective of our duty to God. I am so thankful that as the church, Middletown Church, remain open, rightly so, to, 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 to carry forth all the measures necessary. Social distancing, mask, um, sanitizing. Uh, uh, limiting the number of people in the building. All of these things are worthy and thumbs up. But there are some states and some places that the government has said that the church is not allowed to even meet. And my friends, this morning, I am saying, render to Caesar the things that are seasoned. Jesus is saying, and render unto God the things that are God. We see the impact. That this can have upon us when we are not able to fellowship, when we are not able to meet, when we are not able to worship together. And based on Bible prophecy, there is coming a time where not just like this with uh, health, but where there will be total exercise, second beast, and the first beast, Revelation 13. And in that time, we're we must recognize between Caesar and God. You see, the Mormons back in the day, I don't know if they still do this today. I haven't done all the research. But let's say the, 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 the Mormon church says we can have poly polygamy. Well, Caesar, even though they may say that it is for a religious reason, Caesar does have the right to come in and not and, and to and to and to say what well this is not the best because it's man's relationship to man, even say it's for a religious purpose. Just in another breath, a man may say, I am going to steal on behalf of my religion. Well, Caesar's jurisdiction is to come in and say, Well, I must protect the property. Of another person. Or a man may say. I'm going to sacrifice or kill. On behalf of my religion. Caesar's jurisdiction. And right is to step in. And to stop those things. But where Caesar's jurisdiction. Stops. Is as it relates to. Man's duty. To his God. And this has to do with worship. With. The commandment. Constitution. Country. Our right to. And our right. And. Our right to. The. Matters. Of Caesar. 
These are not matters of the civil. These are matters of. And we must learn the two. So what am I saying as we close? In Daniel chapter. Won't go there for the sake of time. Daniel and Revelation, they go hand in hand. And there where worship will be legislated. It's coming a time where where they ask us to do things that go against con. And if we have ourselves today to go against conscience, my friends, we will. But today, we must begin to study and to see where we're at, to know how to stand and to know what the issues are, stand correct. We must unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's, but unto God the things that are God's. Let us pray. <clears throat> Father in heaven, we see the times in which we live, and we see, dear Lord, that the restrictions will only get uh, more stringent as the crises of the world will become more and more. And today, Lord, we pray that we may not view matters in nearly the same light as the world, but we will have a close and personal relationship with you that we will know the difference between and your jurisdiction. We will know in the time of will be legislated, we must I stand on the come what give us that strength courage dear lord and as we uh, have just briefly scratched the surface i pray continue to teach us more and more dear lord the time the end is near and we need to know we ought to do we thank you lord we're grateful thing we had this week we're thankful for all your many blessings but help us to realize that jesus is coming soon and we need to be ready. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.